Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Last week on Ups and Downs, there was a rematch. There was another rematch, but the question is... Why? Listen, we've looked into it and we've figured it out. The reason we do rematch after rematch after rematch after rematch is because we must keep every single WWE superstar at the same level. There's even a term for it, 50-50 booking. Well, that means we're all doomed. So, yes, that's right. It's another week of WWE TV. Flood me, there are a lot of rematches. But that doesn't always mean that it is bad. So hello, my name is Simon from What Culture. Thank you for joining me as always. And of course, we are going to take the finger of power of the fop and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down for the latest episode of Saturday Night Smackdown. No, this show is on Saturday. That's on Friday. We started badly. <laughs> was just stood in the ring at the start of SmackDown because she was so mad about what Ronda Rousey had done to her last week. So naturally, I started laughing because this came across like Ronda had given her the arm pass seven days ago and Sonya had just stood there in the squared circle going, well, there's no point saying anything just yet because the cameras aren't rolling. And then we finally got to Friday and she was like, right, that's it, Ronda Rousey, I'm mad. She was so mad, she said she was going to suspend Ronda and fine her $100,000. But seriously, instantly out came Adam Pierce and he was like, uh, Sonya, yeah, I've just got an email from Vince McMahon and he says, no, you're not going to do any of that because even though you and I act like we're in charge of the shows, in reality, we're not at all. Vince also said that Sonya wasn't allowed to get involved in our main event later and she wasn't able to lay a hand on Naomi. So instantly, out came Naomi. She was like, ha ha, Vince says you can't touch me, but I can touch you. So she slapped her right round the face. And I was a bit like, Naomi, I know that's what the email said, but I'm pretty sure if you punch your boss in the face, you could probably still get fired. I like this though, because at least our good guy baby face was allowed to come across like a badass. Also, when we get to the end of this, it's even better and it's getting up. And then we had a rematch. I mean, it's getting weird, right? It's like WWE doesn't know but we know, and we know they don't know, but they still don't know. Anywho, they are way lucky they've got such good talented wrestlers on their books because we were doing the New Day versus Los Lotharios part two. And just put your hands up quickly if you're a little confused where the WWE tag team scene is going. Because the New Day aren't allowed to go after the Usos and the championships. We've already done that in storyline. And when you go through the rest of the pairings, well, there's not very many. Unless we're gonna do that awful thing where now because it's Kofi Kingston and Big E, rather than Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, we're all like, you are actually allowed to go after Jimmy and Jay again. If that does happen, I'm gonna have to punch myself right in the face. Angel Humberto also cut a promo before this where they told us 
They're now the Lethal Lovers. Now, there's every chance they've said this before, and I've totally missed it. But I was like, surely if you're called the Lethal Lovers, A, nobody is going to want to have sex with you, because what are you going to do? And two, we better phone the police. They're also now doing a kiss cam, so I suppose we're leaning into this whole gimmick. And Corey Graves acted like this was the most unique and original thing in the world. And I was like, Corey, kiss cams have been happening everywhere. And as always, these four guys are really good. They had a really good match and it's getting it up. I did get a little bit sad because it just seems so ridiculous that all of a sudden Big E isn't in the main event picture anymore. I mean, if we are going to put him back with the New Day, why can't he still not be going after the major prizes? But he was splashing people on the apron here and him and Kofi were running wild until, of course, we cut to the commercial break. And when we came back magically, Los Lotharios are in control. So I tell you, everybody needs to be scared of the adverts because they're always on the bad guy side. I've also decided to fill in the blanks here so I'm going to say that Angel and Humberto sat down and they read a monologue that was so boring the New Day fell asleep when they came to they were going to beat up. It was a near full central as both teams also won and there was a really good two count after New Day had hit their powerbomb footstock combo and then soon after this Angel just did a moonsault from the ring to the floor. And nobody reacts big enough to this kind of stuff nowadays because the bar has been raised too high. But it is still someone going, oh, I'm going to do this flippy dippy do star stuff and head towards what I'm sure is a hard structure. I mean, that's crazy. You already did know the finish, though, because WWE loves 50-50 booking. And if the New Day had one here, we wouldn't be able to do a third match. So when Kofi went for a sunset flip, Angel went, no, you don't. And he reversed it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And he got the one, two, three. So once again, this really does underline that WWE doesn't actually have any major plans for its tag team division. And they're kind of treading water. But as I've already said, the talent is so high, they are able to get away with a lot. The Usos then jumped the Viking Raiders when they were going to cut a promo because we're not allowed to give Eric and Ivar anything when it comes to this feud before we had a sit-down interview with Roman Reigns. And I swear, why the hell didn't we get to this character sooner? Like, I know the Tribal Chief has been around for ages now, but if we had just done this back in 2017, 2018... It would have been a different story. Once again, Paul Heyman tried to explain the whole deal between him, Roman, and Brock Lesnar. And while it does make sense, it's also a bit like two plus two equals potato. But Roman was the star here, especially after Michael Cole had gone, oh my gosh, Goldberg, WCW champion. He won like 9,000 matches in a row. Right? Just like, I don't care about any of that. What I care about is that if I had been in WCW, everyone would have still been winning because that place wouldn't have closed. Shots fired. Michael Cole then mentioned that back in 2016, Bill had beaten Brock Lesnar. And even I was like, Michael, that is a dumb stat to drop. That's like me going, you can't call me bald. I used to have hair. That happened ages ago when Roman agreed. This was old news. And when we get to the pay-per-view premium live event, he's going to Goldberg Goldberg which is actually what we probably should do. So yes, our tribal chief rocks. I'm going to buy him some wood for his birthday and it's getting it up. Natalia then defeated Aaliyah. Now look, listen, fair play to these guys because they are trying their hardest, but they had the awful position of being the second match of the night that was a rematch, but also the second match of the night that is just suffering from 50-50 booking. I don't understand how WWE can't realize this helps nobody. And because it was a dungeon style match, whatever the hell that means, Aaliyah was putting the sharpshooter, she grabbed the rope and the ref was like, look, 
you absolute fool. It's a dungeon style match. You're not allowed to hold the ropes. So Aaliyah went, all right, fine. And she tapped out. Natalia then attacked Aaliyah afterwards, which of course meant Zia Lee came out to make the save. And I'm sorry, Zia Lee. I can't get behind you anymore. And it's not even your fault, but you are the laziest superhero ever. You're like, man, should I go out there to make the save? Well, I guess I could do, but you know, I'm sat down on a couch and that just feels like so much effort. But I suppose I should go and help her. Fine. I also do not see how Aaliyah losing helps anyone. Like at least Lost Lothario's got a victory. So they can be like, oh my gosh, we're heading to the moon. So anyway, my overall point is down. Sami Zayn was out next though, and this man can do no wrong. Amazingly, his feud with Johnny Knoxville isn't over because we saw footage from earlier in the day when Johnny Knoxville was getting a bunch of Sami Zayn goods and destroying them or putting graffiti on them to the point we cut back to the ring and Sami Zayn was like, why? Why are we showing this stuff? It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't want to talk about it. Instead, he was going to focus on his Intercontinental Championship match, which is going to happen next week against Shinsuke Nakamura. And of course, as soon as he said his name, out came Shinsuke. Rick Boogs was here too, and they were interrupted. So bring it down. We are at 40, 40 interruptions in WWE, 57 overall in all of wrestling. Isn't this just nuts? These guys didn't really do anything of much to start with because Zayn shut them down and said, listen, I don't care why you're out here for. I'm going to beat you next week, Shinsuke Nakamura, for that Intercontinental Championship. When Shinsuke made a terrible joke, he was all like, hey, Sammy, Sammy, have you seen that new movie? So Zayn thought, oh, do you mean Jackass Forever? He was like, no, the movie I'm going to write next week, which is called Jackass Defeated. That's what I did. I shook my head and I was like, man, you shouldn't have said it. This wound up Boogs a little bit, so he grabbed the microphone. But I think Sammy must have rigged it because he got an electric shock. And when Nakamura was like, oh, Boogs, no, play the guitar, man, play the guitar. Sammy Zayn ran across the ring and he slammed him with the halluva kick. This kind of made me laugh a little bit because it was really stupid. However, it did end with Zayn standing tall to end a segment on SmackDown, which is really rare. And I am quite pumped for their match, but please, for the love of everything, let him win the IC Championship and then do something with it. It wasn't Nakamura's fault, but he's defended it like 2.7 times. Harry Corbin and Man Cat Moss were then backstage and Happy was like, oh man, I've got a match. Make sure you come to the ring with me. And Man Cat was like, look, I've got a really black eye because Drew McIntyre smacked me in it. So you go to the ring, you do your thing. I'm going to go to the doctor and try and get my match at the Elimination Chamber premium live event cancelled. That is actually quite smart because he's definitely going to lose. We then found out what this match was going to be and it was Corbin versus Cesaro. So I got my binoculars. I was looking around. Where did that come from? That aside, I thought this was quite good. I would always stand by the fact I think Corbin is underrated. As I always say, you can give him any kind of a gimmick and he will make it work. And we know that Cesaro is absolutely tremendous. However, when it comes to the Swiss Superman, it has been written into WWE lore by this stage. He is never allowed to win. So of course he lost. Now the real thing I want people to take away from this is that he did get slammed by the end of days for the three count and nobody, nobody has ever kicked out of that move. So can we please just put it in the narrative before from nowhere the thing is kicked out of and we haven't had any fun with it because it is a tremendous finisher and therefore we should put it on a pedestal and I'm giving it up. We then went to the back to see how Mad Cat Moss was getting on where we once again learned that Drew McIntyre a psychopath. Because Moss was indeed talking to the doctor going, my eye, my eye, how can you let me wrestle when I have an eye like this? And after the doc told him to close his seeing devices, <laughs> Drew McIntyre then snuck in. He put his sword towards Mad Cat Moss's face and he was like, 
are you sure you want our match to be cancelled? And Moss was like, no, no, we'll do it, we'll do it. So if he has said yes, what was Drew going to do? Just go swung and cut his head off. He also used this situation to tell Madcap that it's also going to be a Falls Count Anywhere match and that he may use the sword. So why is nobody phoning the cops? Doesn't matter if it's football, doesn't matter if it's rugby, doesn't matter if it's cricket, doesn't matter if it's baseball. You can't go around saying, do what I want. I will jab you with a sword. And we're meant to root for this guy. And look, I think Drew McIntyre is brilliant. But this is still nuts. They kind of did 50-50 booking with interviews because we did have a sit down with Goldberg. And now that those words have come out of my mouth, I realized it doesn't make any sense. Michael Cole did murk him instantly like he'd been reading Reddit though. Cause he was like, oh, Bill, I can't believe you're coming back for another match. So many people think you're past it. And Goldberg's like, look, let me get something very clear here. I am being paid a lot of money. Of course, I'm going to return as much as possible. Now he didn't say that. That is the reason, so more power to him. This was basically Goldberg laughing the whole time, being like, Roman Reigns can't beat me because I'm the best. And what is going to happen is that I'm going to become the Universal Champion. I'm going to go to WrestleMania. I'm going to headline against Brock Lesnar. And I'm going to beat him too. And look, in no way, in no shape, no form, should WWE do this. But it is WWE. So you just never know. However, I thought Bill was really intense here. Plus he's my dad. Uh, Smackdown then got wonderful because there was a good 20 minutes left on the clock when we were told it was time for our main event, the Smackdown Women's Championship on the line as Charlotte Flair defended against Naomi. And I was like, if we actually give them a good amount of time to do their thing, this should be really good. My word it was. I mean, Naomi had an answer for everything early on, including getting taken out by this shoulder tackle, courtesy of Charlotte Flair, when she nipped up and chucked her out the ring. But this is when the ad break struck again, because when we came back, Flair was just in control. So of course, I've made up another story. What happened is Charlotte got a dart and she flung it at Naomi's head. Naomi had to move because she's got those skills, but it kind of acted as a distraction. So Charlotte was able to take control. We kind of did get a structure here as Naomi kept having these hope spots. And when we started building to the near falls, this was so smart and so clever because the fans were so into this. At the start of the match, I was like, there's no way Charlotte Flair is going to lose a championship here. But around about the 12 minute mark, I was like, wait a minute. I can kind of feel it in the air. Maybe we're going to do it. And I get it. That makes me a wrestling geek, but that's the whole magic. Charlotte also hit this awesome powerbomb after Naomi had gone for a Hurricane Rana. But after Flair had missed two moonsaults, Naomi was able to hit her for the rear view for yet another close finish. And look, I totally get it. What we were trying to sell here was that taking your ass and whamming it into somebody's chest could win you a belt. But again, it's all about execution and that whole sequence well, it was near perfect. They then went nuts as they hit each other with everything but the kitchen sink. Given how much WWE loves disqualifications, it was like, well, maybe the kitchen sink will come into play. But basically, Naomi went for another rear view. It didn't go well. Charlotte was able to get her stuff going. She whammed her with the natural selection. She got the one, two, three. But look, I cannot do justice to this match. You should absolutely go and watch it. It is one of the best things you will see in a while. And it's getting up. Maybe I already gave it an up, but it's still getting it up. Sonya Deville just flew out afterwards, but it was Naomi that started beating her up, which I like, because again, let's make sure we get behind Naomi. But somebody that disagreed with Charlotte Flair and the number game caught up with her. Now, of course, this is when Zia Lee came out to make the save because she's a superhero, but of course she didn't. She had made one save for the evening, so now she had just gone home. Thankfully, Ronda Rousey didn't feel the same. 
And here she came. She destroyed everyone as well, which meant when we did get to the end of SmackDown, it was Ronda Rousey and Naomi standing tall. You know, the people we're meant to root for. That doesn't happen very much on Friday nights, so I appreciated it greatly. Amazingly too, just to give you a bit of clarity here, it is gonna be Naomi and Ronda Rousey versus Sonya Deville and Charlotte Flair at the Elimination Chamber premium live event. So all of this was very well worked. It actually tied into the big show. And overall, SmackDown is getting it up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let us know what you thought about last night's episode of SmackDown. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Head on over to whatculture.com where you can read yourself some articles. Make sure you come follow us on social media so we feel good about ourselves. And we have a ton of videos on the channel. Pick one, just one, and watch it. My name is Simon for What Culture. Thank you for watching me as always. Have a lovely little day, and I'll see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.